Hi, everyone, again, for volume three of Disney Compendium. Uh, 1940 Disney classic Fantasia is today's episode. I am your host, JJ. And on the other end of the line, how about yourself? I'm I'm Nick, and uh, I watched Fantasia recently, and it's a fantastic film. It's, it's absolutely number one on my list uh, of Disney films, of all, of all of the animation that they've done. It's my absolute favorite. Starring um, Leopold. Yeah, starring Leopold. Leopold. Yeah. Leopold. <laughs> as, as, as we were saying, Leopold, the guy from the Bugs Bunny cartoon. What's Opera Doc? I was telling JJ off there, I get the, I, it took me until I saw Fantasia to get the reference. Like, oh my God, it's a real guy. <laughs> uh, Fantasia is an incredibly big movie. It, it, it's it, you think about that movie really was really ambitious for 1940. Yeah, yeah. Especially considering this is the you know just a, a few years before they were doing the first ever animation on uh, in theaters, and now you have all right. Well, we did the first one. Our third our third movie out the gate is going to be this over two hour artistic. A very adult fair. (laughs) This is my third at bat, so uh, my 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 third my third major league at bat. So I'm going to go for a grand slam. Yeah, get it. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. Um, It it features uh, just you know tons of sort of songs for uh, classical pieces that are you know some of the most famous classical pieces of all time. You hear them in like, not even because of this movie, but like just beforehand and after and afterwards and everything. Like it's just, you know, it's like, it was like, it's like a top 40 of classical music. Yeah. Uh, Toccata and Fugue in D minor, Nutcracker Suite, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Rite of Spring, uh, Pastoral Symphony, Dance of the Hours and Night on Bald Mountain is the, um, is the rundown and yeah, it's, it's wild. Uh, it, it's funny because it takes a long time for it to actually get to cartoons because Takata and Fugue is like this weird, like modern art exhibit of <laughs> like showing you abstract patterns and shapes and colors and live action segments and stuff set to music. Like it's not, it's not really, <laughs> it's not really a, uh, cartoon at the, at the gate. That's what they're starting with. It, it takes it takes a minute to ramp up. It's like, hey, here's some here's some fun stuff to look at. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh I mean there's a whole lot of reasons for that. And, and we'll get into it when we get to sort of the production of it and the release of it and stuff because you know this this movie was its original plan for release and the rate was originally re- released was um was different than previous movies that they had done, so um, we'll get there. But I'm just we're just going to run down the music and the sort of scenes right now for this particular movie. Um, as with the master of ceremonies, Deems Taylor, <laughs> um, with and your uh, com- your uh, conductor was uh, uh, Leopold Stokowski. So uh, 
after uh, Takata and Fugue, they go into the Nutcracker Suite, which is it's a big segment. <laughs> like it's got multiple different like songs in it. It's the Nutcracker Suite, not just like Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy or something. No. It's like, it's like no. multiple songs. <laughs> it's from the it's the Nutcracker Suite. There's no Mouse King, King in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh it's a uh, it's an art babbit uh sequence kind of thing like uh, with with just you know it it's the best way to sort of introduce the cartoon segment of this movie i feel i, I feel yeah. like it, i i feel like it's much more traditional like i mean sorcerer's apprentice is, is like it's a Mickey Mouse short, but it doesn't feel traditional Disney in a sense. It's not, there's the, there's not a lot of like cuteness to Sorcerer's Apprentice, even though Mickey Mouse is inherently cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sorcerer's Apprentice is actually kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, and, and I mean, like, and it's, you know, that's how it should be. You know, that's, uh, it's you know, it's a lot of these are kind of creepy. The story, the poem, and the story behind it, and everything, you know. Um, plus, it had some this this one has some naked fairies in it. Yeah, that was a point of contention. <laughs> cover your uh, eyes, children. The uh, do you know with the uh, with the mushrooms? Apparently, Art Babbitt was saying he took some. <laughs> He uh, he says that his guide for animating them, like who, who he sort of like used for reference when animating the mushrooms, was the Three Stooges. And uh, I mean, okay. When you see that, you're like, when you learn that information, you're like, I no, <laughs> like no, because here, I mean, okay. <laughs> Let's call that one for what it is. Oh, <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe a bit racist. <laughs> it's 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 gonna be very difficult to talk about this stuff because it is like what is like yes, it's racist. It's racist then and it's racist now. But racist then was a completely different thing as racist now, and it wasn't. The intention is different. Like it wasn't intended to be cruel, but it wasn't no. to make fun. <laughs> so it, it, it was. It wasn't Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's racist. Yeah, but yeah. it was still. Yeah. You know, it's not James Bond in yellow face or something. You know what I mean? Like it's. <laughs> it's it's not uh, Fu Manchu or anything like that, but yeah. it's. And, and I think that's a thing we've, we've kind of come across in, like, even I, – I not so much in Snow White, but I, I know for sure last week and even today, this week, we're like, uh, yeah, there's these movies have some of that in it. Yeah, and, like, you're going to get it – you're, you're going to get it for kind of the bulk of the, you know, 30s and 40s and early 50s. Like, 50s I mean, for, 50s, it starts to fade out a little bit, but there's only so much you can do, like you – know, it's gonna peak at Dumbo, guys. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boy, it's gonna be Dumbo. Um, <laughs> l- luckily, luckily, uh, Song of the South was a completely different studio. Just had help from this studio on the animation segments, but it's not a um, 
animation studios movie so we won't have to really dig into the subtle nuances that's that's great because the only way to watch song of the south is illegally and i would never have a legal copy from of song of the south i would never i would never have bought a ripped uh laser disc edition yeah at a comic convention I might have given somebody ten dollars for, and they purchased, and it came, and it came to me in a, a wrapped in a napkin. Yeah. I would yeah. not have done that. Yeah. So, uh, luck, luckily, everything is relatively readily available on the DVD format. On these, uh, some of them trickier than others. Some of the weird compilation ones that we're going to get to in a few weeks. But Fantasia is right readily available. Yeah, yeah, Fantasia. Uh, they put out a, an absolutely gorgeous uh, four-disc Blu-ray. It's obviously not currently available because, as is the Disney way, but it's also not impossible to find. So, <laughs> uh, if I recall, I, I'm pretty sure the Fantasia Blu-ray came out the same day as Epic Mickey for the Wii. <laughs> you might have. I guess like Fantasia and Blu-ray came out the same day Blu-ray players came out. Because I absolutely bought them on the same exact day. So, (laughs) so, so, yeah. Um, So, yeah, Nutcracker Suite, it's it's a ballet. I mean, just featuring, you know, increasingly weirder ballet. Like, (laughs) dancing mushrooms to... All, like need fairies and stuff, you know. It gets. I, I've done. I've done a little bit of research. Like, okay. believe it, believe it or not, I did some show prep, folks. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, according to the Disney Fan Club website, d23.com, which I'm sure JJ is well acquainted with. Oh yeah, card carrying um, member, and that's 100 percent truthful. <laughs> um, I have Ameri- a card in my wallet. <laughs> um, I believe it was the, the Americans had actually never seen the complete Nut, Nutcracker Ballet when Fantasia premiered in 1940. Very, very true. Very true. Yeah, it was never, uh, yeah, never a, a completed American thing. We the music was mostly what we had, uh, but yeah, the uh, actual ballet hadn't had its uh, big North American premiere, so to speak, yet. So four years later. Yeah, four years later. Four, exactly. Four years See, later. you did some good damn research. <laughs> I did. Hey, man, I, I used to do this for a living, so. Uh, um, well, the segment Luke. after uh, uh, the uh, the uh, nut, Nutcracker Suite is the obviously the most iconic scene from uh, pretty much a lot. But like most of Disney movies, not just this movie, but... <laughs> Uh, is the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Sorcerer's Apprentice, uh, where uh, broom murder was advocated. <laughs> yeah, terrifying. Absolutely horrifying broom murder. Uh, it's uh, it's a very cool short. Like It is. It's... And, but you feel like the sorcerer should have known better. Like, yeah. You like... <laughs> Hey, this is a cool hat. Nah, yeah. Mickey's got this. Yeah, Mickey's got this. He he's he he clearly doesn't have any part of his life under control, but I'm gonna just leave this 
hat that grants him infinite power just hanging out in the room with him. <laughs> you got to lock your gun cabinet there, Sorcerer. Yeah. Uh. And, and in case anyone uh, doesn't know, even though you probably do, uh, the uh, Sorcerer's name, the Wizard's name, is Yensid. Which You're is right. just which is Disney backwards, and so that he was designed to look like a gruff sort of Walt Disney, <laughs> sort of a joke on Disney. So <laughs> his face actually kind of reminded me of the uh, of the of the Queen from Snow White. It had that same kind of like wild eyed, Bruiser Brody looking kind of character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. He he looks. He looks like he'd be a cruel character. <laughs> he like, he's, 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 just, he's just like, Ugh. yeah, like, like Damn it feels it. like I feels like we're another five years away from just having him be just this cruel, <laughs> like, dark wizard or something. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, so just he just gets gets up and watches Fox and Friends every morning. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Whoops! Sorry. Um, now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Was 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 there not a was there not a sort of apprentice level in Mickey Mania? I think there was, right? They try to shove a sorcerer's apprentice level in like every side-scrolling 16-bit Mickey Mouse themed anything. There's like a whole Fantasia side-scrolling 16-bit video game. There was. Uh, oh yeah. Um, and. Oh, oops, I didn't mean to jump ahead, but yes, Fantasia show the video games. It's yes, multiple, not just one, but there's a couple. When we when we go to the wind down, we'll go through our checklist of uh, the was there checklist. So, uh, uh, but so yeah, this the Sorcerer's Apprentice. The song is based off of a poem, and the song was adapted from the poem. And they took the poem, they took both and adapted this this shorts Disney thing. And this was actually sort of the first thing they created with Sorcerer's Apprentice. It was one of the, uh, like an early development. It was sort of like, this. I got an idea for a silly symphony kind of thing. So, Well, um, I mean, I bet if you're trying to sell people on it, like, okay, here's what it is. Yeah. This is, See, it's got Mickey in it. Yeah. This is the only Mickey Mouse, like Walt Disney Animation Studios, theatrical Mickey Mouse anything. So, That's right. This is the only like theatrical, like full-length Disney movie with Mickey in it. Yeah, yeah. They've never done a this studio. Like, there's been Mickey movies, obviously. Yeah. Mickey, well, they, and you know, what? I'm going to take that back because they do uh, in a couple of movies. There, there will be another Mickey Mouse short in one of the compilation movies coming out. So uh, okay. Oh, okay. so this was so. It is not the only one, and I retract my previous statement. I always forget that. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. I want to say Fun and Fancy Free uh, is a Walt Disney Animation Studios theatrical release that has uh, Disney short on it. So, oh, okay, not short. So, but but as far as ones you would typically call like a Disney animated film, yes, this is yes. pretty much it. Yeah, yes, this this was sort of created and animated specifically for this. Those compilation films were films of ideas that they just needed to get out because of the war uh so <laughs> like yeah it was supposed to be for something else completely different but we're just gonna put it with two other things unrelated to it and call it a movie it's just because we need to make some money 
We got to <laughs> shoehorn this bad boy in. Yeah, some, the pro, the military propaganda that we're forced to work on isn't bringing us any uh, <laughs> revenue, so we have to. <laughs> hey, speaking of racism, uh, <laughs> don't go watch those guys. That's... No, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I highly suggest you not do. You know, you're in for a treat when you get uh, Disney years ago put out these. Um, uh, Walt Disney Treasure DVD sets, and one of them is a standalone um, World War II set of like all of the stuff that they worked on during World War II. Yes, <laughs> and you ha- and you have Leonard Malton out there, like, no, listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 the disclaimer before Frankenstein, like, yeah. listen, hey, <laughs> different time. Yes, you're gonna see the things that are gonna make you go. <laughs> Disney was raised on a farm, so that's just all they know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. after after the Sorcerer's Apprentice, you go into um, uh, Rite of Spring, mm-hmm. which is like super cool. It's like the history of the Earth set to music, like. <laughs> uh, you know, that, seemed, so, that, seemed, that seemed to be the theme. Like, we're going to take a, kind of a dark segment and then follow up with, like, happy! Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it was cool. Like, you know, the, the dinosaurs and stuff were kind of... was like oh, I mean, yeah. it starts happy. Okay, clear, yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah, the creation of Earth. It's great. And then, like, oh, yeah, that's right. All the dinosaurs die. Uh, <laughs> well, that dinosaur segment was pretty metal when you were a kid. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, it, yeah... Uh, it's not spoilers jumping ahead, but like, uh, it, and it's sort of basically what that uh, the Grand Canyon at Disneyland segment is <laughs> when you take oh, the okay. yeah <laughs> didn't, didn't know that. But how they're gonna say spoilers? The dinosaurs died like JJ. Yeah, we, 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 spoilers. <laughs> we're gonna travel into the year into the two uh, thousands where they make a movie called Dinosaur that. <laughs> And and this is still better than that. Yeah, this this yeah this forty this like what uh, twenty minute segment about the <laughs> and it's um, actually it's actually better animated than Land Before Time. <laughs> uh, Land Before Time is going to have a very interesting uh, connection coming up in one of our uh, movies oh. in a couple of decades here. So we'll, get to, we'll definitely get to that. After you do Rite of Spring, you get to like a little intermission where they just have like, because this movie's so long, this movie has an intermission in it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, hey, folks, uh, go catch it. Go and get some And it's out. literally just this, uh, like, just free, freestyle jazz session. Like, <laughs> like, meet the soundtrack. And they're like, That's right. Introducing you to sound and like as but personified as these like visuals on the screen and it's it's the silliest thing but I I I, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, if the if the if the intent was to get you to get up and go do something, it, it failed not because I, I just sat there. Uh, the next after the after the intermission was the pastoral symphony, Beethoven's right. uh, thing set with all of the. Roman Zeus and centaurs and cupids and mythology and stuff. So that, if I recall correctly, uh, we'll get to my 
during production notes. I think this one was the one that had like the most contention behind it. Where it's like, this this really doesn't have much to do with the music that you've created here. <laughs> like, there's a there's a, a censored version and an uncensored version. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because the the centaurettes were like nude and stuff, and that was kind of. He, he's got. He's a horseman. What's he supposed yeah. to wear? Yeah, and like they're 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 used to. Yeah, and like you know, bare breasts and stuff. So there's there's like I get it in the sense of like you'd still to this day you have like well you can't do that. This is for kids. It's like it's it's not for kids, but <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's stupid though, and, and, and it's something that Disney deals with. Uh, constantly uh, one of their most famous like back to disney racism <laughs> uh which again it's going to be a theme you can't talk about disney without talking about the racist stuff um you know they had to go back later on um the one of their most famous silly symphonies was uh, three little pigs yep and they had to censor that one because like at one point the Big Bad Wolf tries to get like get into the houses as a traveling brush salesman that is just absolutely the most stereotypical Jewish caricature you've ever seen. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, oh, you know, and I'm and I'm actually looking at the what what got censored, and I was like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no, that's totally the little uh, goat behind the uh, uh, female centaur. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's not cool. <laughs> that is not cool. Yeah, that that, that is Mister Popo not cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it, <laughs> yeah, it's it, there's, I mean, like you know, th- those mushrooms were just like, yeah, no, yeah, yikes, <laughs> and like, like there is there is not a collar big enough for me to tug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know. Both of us, as sort of just your typical, just regular, run-of-the-mill white dudes, it, it's like we, we sit there and it's like, yeah, like we're able to sort of go go on from it. But some of the stuff, especially uh, like when you get to like next week with Dumbo, you're like, oh, really? Like, uh. Like, like we're we're going into like uh, minstrel stuff at a point. It's terrible. It's pretty. It's pretty bad. Um, but the the pastoral symphony, by the way, it, it, it's 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 a standout for me because it has it, it allowed my mom to deliver a sick bird to my dad. Oh, it's because because my dad's but my dad's name is Dennis, and, <laughs> and this features Dionysus, which means lover of great wine. Yeah. And she's just like she's just like uh-huh. She's we're watching it and she's and she sees him stumble and she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Beautiful. Beautiful. Nothing's nothing's better than when you could when a, when a movie sets up a sick burn for a family member. <laughs> like, like awkward Disney night at the movies. <laughs> yeah. My, the, the uh the following one is one of the uh, like is is one of the probably the more Disney of all of the Disney segments, and it's the dance of the hours. 
mm-hmm. where it's a very comical ballet featuring animals. Like it's got the, the you know, the, the hippo and a tutu. And yeah. Yeah. Like it's very, that, it is a very, everything about that one just screams like this is a Disney silly symphony. Like <laughs> I, I would, I would, I, I would argue after Swords Apprentices is probably the most iconic short in here. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. With the elephant uh, blowing bubbles and, like all that stuff, like yeah, the ostriches. I, I, <laughs> I think they still like you'll still see a lot of um, uh, hippo, uh, tutu hippo merchandise. Like if you go to like the Disney store or like the theme parks or something, it's something that you still see a lot of. The uh, the uh, cro- there. I can't. Here's folks. I'm not a zoologist. I can't tell if it's a crocodile or a gator. I think it's a crocodile, right? It's a gator. It's a gator. It's a gator. Okay. I okay, so I saw this movie after I'd seen Robin Hood, and you remember the gator that kind of does the announcing for the oh, archery yeah, tournament? Yeah. I was convinced he was one of these guys. Uh, considering everything we know about Robin Hood, uh, <laughs> very well, <laughs> reusing stuff. Yeah, very, that it's just they very well could just be like they used the reference sheets and maybe some animation and stuff because well we'll get to it when we get to Robin Hood because as much as I love Robin Hood th- that movie is um, th- th- that that, that, yeah. that that is a that is a green movie with all the recycling they do uh. yeah. yeah yeah it's it's a wild that, that it's crazy to see some of the stuff like a podcast, obviously very audio uh, format. So we won't be able to see the, uh, <laughs> the side by side comparisons of it in the jungle book, but we'll get there. Oh, we will. Get there. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah but, yeah. but yeah, no, like I was convinced that was him. Like, attention yeah. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's that guy. It's a gator. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to wrap up the entire, uh, uh, series you have uh, back-to-back double feature in the final thing with Night on Bald Mountain and Ave Maria. Um, it, this one is iconic in its own way because of just how dark the visuals are. Um, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> the devil is summoning evil spirits mm-hmm. on top of a mountain. Like, it's it's there's ghosts and <laughs> and every it's like I remember as a as a kid, just like I didn't I would I wanted to turn the movie off. <laughs> <laughs> I like you know, it's, you're like five, six, seven years old. It's that's it's terrifying. Sherbog is a terrifying creature, like seen in the shadows but glowing and towering above the world, you know, like <laughs> I, I, I know, and it, it, here's the thing, like, I was such a weird kid, like, that's what I, that, that, cause I knew that scene was in there, cause I'd seen, like, clips from, on TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, And that's what I wanted to see, like, yeah. where's that coming in, when's that coming in? I want to see that big devil monster. Yeah. Because that thing looked awesome. It is such a good design, like, it's stunning. I, I, I genuinely mean that when I say, like, when you see it's such a, and its movement is so good, and it's big sweeping motions and like the glowing that it has and stuff. Like it's just, just absolutely just stunning to see it. And then you have it driven away with, uh, with the bells when, as, as morning breaks kind of Literally. stuff and Ave Maria starts uh, playing and stuff. Like it's a, uh, 
it's fantastic. Like, yeah, it's it's I it is the best segment out of all of them. Like, oh, like, absolutely. By by a lot. Like, it's like okay, yeah. uh, Dance of the Hours is fun. Um, Sorcerer's Apprentice is obviously Sorcerer's Apprentice. Like, yeah, it's you know, it's it's probably one of the. It's probably like just separated on its own. It's like the best Mickey Mouse cartoon kind of stuff. But um, Night on Bald Mountain segment is just absolutely the best part of this movie and is the perfect, like, closer for for this. Yeah. There's a reason it was booked in the main event, brother. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I guess we could talk a little bit about sort of like, who boy, the production of this one, because the production of this one just... Like it is for as long as he's been working on movies, he this has been like sort of in the back of his mind. Like, like after Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, this was like, you know, he had like the concert feature is what it was going around as. That's what it was called, the concert feature. And I, I would I would assume like as much as he got kind of like uh, ridiculed for like you know come doing Snow White, this one people are like, whoa, hold up a minute, what? Yeah, you want you yeah. want to do what? Yeah, and again within it's his own studio, it's like you're bringing in this conductor, and he's never worked on a cartoon in his life, and now he's working on a cartoon with you with Leopold Stokowski. Like they had a really close relationship. Um, like he was at the studio working with him. Like they were, you know, arguing about the music that was going in it, and like what the visuals were going to be, and um, all you, that you stuff. You almost have to wonder if the inclusion of Mickey and Sorcerer's Apprentice was kind of like a like Walt kind of like like uh, giving something like okay here here's Mickey yeah like, okay yeah. I, I want to but here's Mickey fine I'll put Mickey in there well I mean in in a, in a sense but really what was happening at the time by by this point by the time you get to uh, 1936, which is when the sort of uh, seeds of this were planted, uh, Mickey Mouse was kind of done for at the studio. Um, Donald Duck was actually the more popular <laughs> character. And, Donald's, Donald's a better character. What can you say? Yeah. Well, it's because it, what, it, what they ended up doing was taking, um, like, from black and white Mickey in particular, they started taking character traits for Mickey Mouse and applying him to other characters. So yes. like he like he stopped being mischievous and you know that like like you know Pluto gets the sort of like mischievous gene right. like you know his sort of like buffoonery gets put on goofy and his short because he used to have a short fuse and was kind of a jerk like that became Donald and so like Mickey Mouse just ended up becoming just a, a mascot in every sense of the word. Like he didn't have any edge to him at all period. He, he was, he was pretty homogenized. Yeah. Yeah. By that point. And like, I, and, I, I, yeah. I would argue that Mickey was that way. And this is kind of getting off track, but we'll, we'll circle back around. I would argue Mickey was kind of that homogenized version until very recently when they started doing those Disney shorts. Yes. Which um, are fantastic. They're yes. so good. New Mickey shorts are absolutely phenomenal. And what what they ended up, it, it, it all started a lot with, as I mentioned it, I mentioned a little earlier, the Epic Mickey game, where that yes. was sort of where they were, you know, the reintroduction of Oswald, which was, you know, 
pre Mickey Walt creation and like they, they sort of made Mickey Mouse and, and and this movie sort of was intention was to make Mickey Mouse what Mickey Mouse used to be. I mean he's this he's being a little a little shyster here where he's you know he doesn't want to do his work so he's looking for the shortcut so he takes the wizard hat and of course everything goes horribly horribly wrong for him which is a very typical Mickey Mouse thing and that's what the whole sort of idea for this was originally was Walt saw that Mickey Mouse needed a boost and so mm. it was going to be like oh we can make just sort of a deluxe like big budget silly symphony starring Mickey Mouse and like just do more for it do like go beyond just like gags and, yeah. and uh, We're, uh, like let's have Mickey play God yeah, so like, and, and so that was it. Like, you know, it's it was originally going to be like, I want to get, I want to get this orchestral piece of the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and they eventually got the music rights to it, um, and that's when Walt was like, I'm gonna get a conductor, like an actual, like, well regarded, add some, add add something to the short by getting somebody, you know, a, a big name in this style of music. And um, uh, it was uh, and and he offered to do it for free, which was a big deal for you know Walt. Like, oh wow, uh, that I didn't know actually. Like, I wonder what he gained from, or just like, hey, I get to do this cool thing. Yeah, um, uh, uh, there was there's a story like like cartoons even to this day have like a way different. Uh, pay structure stuff. So I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, how, how things play out when you're working on these kinds of feature things, but like, um, but yeah, they just kept like, kept going at it for this. They really like, this was a big deal for Walt. Walt became just sort of like fully dedicated um, to, to this idea. And like, obviously it's steamrolled. Like, <laughs> Like, it's like, you can't just sit there and talk with a conductor and not have the conductor in your ear. Like, well, what if you, what if we also did some of this stuff? Uh, (laughs) Well, so let me ask you a question. So, so they, uh, you said they got Leopold to do it for free. So did that include like, they got the whole Philadelphia orchestra to do it for free? Leopold agreed to do it for free. I'm not saying he, like he offered to do it for free. I'm not saying he did do it for free. He didn't do it for free. Yeah. He's like, I'll do it for free, but if you want to hook me up with some. Like, um, and absolutely, even if he did it for free, there is no way you're getting the Philadelphia orchestra to do it for free. There's no, there's no, there's no way uh, at all. And I mean, uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice alone, like, like so, you 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 they hired the um, Philadelphia Orchestra, obviously, to do yes, this. and um, of oh, which he a, he was lead conductor, right, of that orchestra. Yes, yes, and it was it was three it was a three hour <laughs> recording session. Oh my lord! I know. Uh, and uh, it was an 85 piece orchestra. So, you know, it's <laughs> the, like, it, it, this was an expensive, like, short. It was like uh, this number that I have here says it was $125,000. Man. 
Well, I mean, you, you think about the cost of this movie. Okay, so this came out in 1940, right? Yes. Uh, okay, so we have, we have you know, you can pretty much get classical music now because a lot of it's public domain or it's kind of, like, free. In 1940, it probably wasn't. <laughs> um, I mean, well... It, like yeah, it, it, he had to he had to acquire the rights for they like that was like he actually had to requ- acquire the rights for the music. So yes, it was not public domain music at the time. So you're not paying. So you're paying for the rights. You're paying for also you're paying for the rights of the poem because you're adapting the poem as well. On top of you know an entire eighty five piece orchestra. Plus, however many animators you get working on the movie. Oh, yeah. Plus, you have every... On top of this, the animators are also working on um, other projects at the time. So, it's not like, you know... It's, you know, and, and because it's a multi-part feature, there's different... Each st- each each part has a different, like, animation team and what have you. So... And, and you also think about the fact that, uh, you know, the animation is kind of differs drastically from short to short several more oh, yeah. sim- similar to others but like you you can't go like yeah. oh that looks like this like eh, yeah there's, there's i see similarities like like you know the the fairies and you like the centaurs you can kind of see the similarities there and you see the dinosaurs and the yeah. ball mountain you see like, the similarities but like, yeah like, like i said um the like the with the hippos and everything like that's a very traditional Disney cartoon. That's like, right. That very easily could have just been like a silly symphony, yes. and that's sort of what ended up happening uh, when you when they when they look at the budget of this short that they're working on, this uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Um, Roy was the money man, and Roy says there is zero chance for making any of this money back. It's a short. It's. You're, you're, they've already, they're already sort of diving into feature length. There's no money, like long-term money in shorts because they're all just like, you know, you know, you go to the theater to see a group of shorts or whatever, or like it's what's playing before the movie or, you know, shorts were consumed a little differently, especially Disney ones for most. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but, show, show me the Donald cartoon before I go see the yeah. third. Yeah, but but like, and, and there used to be like marathons and stuff where they would play like you know a set of Disney shorts or whatever. But like for the most part, you're you're never going to make the money back just releasing a short in the theaters, especially of of, of this size. Um, but uh, it was like four four times more expensive than a typical Silly Symphony or whatever. Oh, I can imagine. So, I can imagine. so this so, is most this, this is mostly like a, a passion project for Walt. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Once he got okay. committed to it, once once it got this deep into production, like he was dead set on sort of like 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 with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, it was like a, I can I will show them that cartoons just aren't this like you know kitty medium like they can be serious art as well, and and also he wanted to show that he just wasn't some like country bumpkin as well, like <laughs> which I. Which one? I'm, I'm sorry. Bo- I'm, bon- I'm bonafide. Yeah, he's a California man now, so you know it's. Uh, <laughs> um, so as the budget inflates and everything, that's where the idea comes. It's like, well, what if we just take like make more of these? <laughs> you know how we're over budget. Let's be yeah. more over budget. <laughs> so. 
So by 1938, they've basically uh, made made offers to Stokowski to extend his contract out and say, we're going to make this a feature film. Um, and so they start hiring more. That's when you get Deems Taylor involved to be the sort of masters of ceremonies and stuff. Uh, now, uh, but, we, you know, sorry. They, they were also deep into like Pinocchio and Bambi production as well. Like, you know, you've, you're working on other movies as well. So this movie is always during the production of uh, Pinocchio, Bambi. This is going on in the background, like a lot of this stuff, because, um, you know, obviously Bambi gets pushed out. Pinocchio becomes the second movie. This becomes the third movie. And so, you know, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of going, you know, pushing things around to make things. And the fact that this is the third movie and Bambi isn't, like maybe it's not even the fourth movie. So, like, uh, well, the, you know, the fact that they got this they got this done so quickly is sort of mind blowing, and it's giving the scale of it. And considering what this movie ends up becoming, like in right. terms of theatrical release in particular, like it's insane. Well, and I okay, so I, I kind of uh, I kind of recall like part of the reason it it lost so much money, not just because of the production, but this is 1940. So the rest of the world is at world war two. So you can't distribute to the European countries it, it becomes, as easily as you would like to, because the war is going on. Yeah. It becomes the war in particularly with future movies becomes a real issue because like you said, you can't, you can't sell to Europe and any money that you do make has to stay there. Um, so you're going to see shortly Walt sort of disappear from cartoons and start jumping into live action. And the reason he does that is because that's where the money is. Like the animation studio doesn't have a lot of money, but he has all of this money tied up post-war Europe to make movies that can't leave Europe. So what do you do? You pack up a studio and Walt always, when he got to Hollywood, he wanted to make live action movies. Like that was his dream. He wanted to make movies. Uh, <laughs> despite, despite the better part of what, what the, you know, a suitcase and a dream, Walt Disney wanting to go make it big in the cartoons. Uh, the cartoons just were what he was good at. Uh, when he, when he was a boy, he envisioned Herbie goes to Monte Carlo. <laughs> Like this is my magnum opus. Yeah, <laughs> this is what I want. Well, so, uh, closer to uh, so dear to my heart or whatever. But yeah. Like, yeah. Now the, uh, this movie also. Oh God, I, I think it was, and correct me if I'm wrong. It was called uh, Fantasound, right? Fantasound. Yes. See, that's yeah. where a major problem with this movie came into out the gate was they the the idea because they, they packaged everything together as a traveling concert. It was never really. It was never really a movie, so much as it was like this traveling roadshow, and it was a concert. They considered it a concert. The movie was called the concert feature before Fantasia was like you know picked on for it. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, they, they they theaters they came up with this idea of Fantasound, which is like think about like if you go to like your movie theater these days, like. Some movie theaters have their own like specialty, like RPX or uh, you know, D box. 
box and stuff just like with like you know it's just you know very special um you know sound equipment and it was you know it was a little more simple back in 1940 where it's like you know surround stereophonic surround sound and uh you know multi-track recordings and noise cancellation and stuff like it wasn't like anything particularly crazy but this isn't what theaters were this is what movie theaters were at the time so <laughs> this is this is like actually is the first or one of the first to have stereophonic sound yes yes well i guess it's the first for everything like fantasy sound was absolutely like pioneering at its time like it was a big it was it was like you it was absolutely phenomenal like way to watch the movie with all the sound and stuff going on. Like if you go to Wikipedia, Fantasound has its own independent <laughs> Wikipedia page. Holy smokes. Um, but like, you know, so it does. As I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not joking. It has its own. Wikipedia. But like, you know, you can, you're not going to get theaters to agree to this because they're raking so much money off of their ticket for the setup that they've already have. Like now you want me to <laughs> install, install the specialized stereo equipment. Yeah. And, and so yeah. the other thing about the movie was that its original intention was to just be a traveling show. And when you, they were going to create new segments and like take out old segments and put in new segments. And that way there's, um, there's a chance when you go the next time that, you know, you're not going to see something that you saw the first time around, but you're going to see a whole new segment on it in it. Or like, you know, you, you, you know, Oh, it's coming back in town. And this time it has the nutcracker. I want to see that one again or whatever, it, it, you know? So it's like, it was, it was designed to be like the Disneyland of movies before Disneyland was a thing. Like it's never finished. It's going to always be growing and, you know, doing its thing out there in the world. But, uh, you, 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 you could argue yeah, that that's yeah, kind of what Fantasia 2000 yeah. is in a way. Like, it, yeah. They it, it, some stuff, but they added mostly yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, you you kept... Uh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to Fantasia 2000 because... we, we got a ways to go. we got ways to go for Fantasia 2000, but yeah. Um, and... Yeah, it, you know, it had a short run. It was like the, this version of it was Fantasound and the Roadshow was uh, less than a year, I think. Maybe just barely a year. Um, because, hey, spoilers, we're still in the middle of the Great Depression. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah it ran in, in Fantasound as a Roadshow from 1940 to 1941. Um, obviously, RKO was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, they, it's two hours and five minutes plus an intervention. Or intervention, yeah. It needed <laughs> well, uh, we need to stop making this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and an intermission. Uh, they were like, "This is this is incredibly long. Like this, this is like, what are you doing?" Uh, trust circle around Walt. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, so they did like thirteen of them. Uh, you know, it didn't do particularly great. Obviously, <laughs> you have well, I mean, well, its first week, its first sixteen weeks in New York, it grossed three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> that's not great. 
not great considering the budget of this was 2.3 million uh in 1936 dollars 1936 dollars so you know let's see I, I have the breakdown so and it's and it's uh let's see in new york um it grossed three hundred thousand dollars in the first 16 weeks um twenty thousand dollars in the first five weeks in san francisco good lord about this and about and about twenty thousand dollars in uh 10 weeks in Boston and LA. Uh, <laughs> by the time, by the time it was all said and done, uh, the first round of the road shows were completed by 1940, April, spring of 41, 1.3 million. So, you know, obviously you still have almost half, you, you, there's still half the money you need to get back for the production of this movie. Well, um, I mean, if, if, if you think but, about, but yeah. the problem with it is that it costs, um, eighty-five thousand dollars in production and installation of a single Fantasound setup. So, <laughs> so movie theaters were losing money. So they were losing money because Disney was the one installing them. So now, 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 when you talk about the budget for the movie, that does include like, okay, we have to like the cost of the of, of the traveling the circuits we got going on here. Yeah, and like you know, and, and like we said, World War Two was just starting at this point, like yeah. just fresh underway. And so you, lo- they lost 45% of their income strictly Sheesh. because they couldn't go to Europe. Wow. Um, they, they had like, they had over 80 sort of potential like runs going, but the worst obviously destroyed that um, because for various reasons, uh, the materials alone for wartime use, like, <laughs> Go buy some war bonds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, let's see. Uh, like, the Fantasound setups were, you know, dismantled and given to the military for wartime use kind of stuff. And um, so, if. Uh, I just like the, 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 the names Fantasound. It's very cool. It's it sounds like it sounds like some sort of like proprietary software you download for your headphones these days. Like you had like really nice high end Disney manufactured headphones. Download the Fantasound driver. And you can... uh, these headphones have a Fantasound, sound, so they have ghost noise canceling. <laughs> Fantasound. Yeah. Or the sound that uh, you hear when you open a Fanta. Yeah. <laughs> why are you Why are you opening a Fanta? Yeah. Why are you Why are you drinking a Fanta in 2018? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Fanta fans out there. We, uh, yeah. not, I, listen, we may we may you, you never know you never know maybe Fanta maybe somebody from Fanta's listening. <laughs> All right, fine. I apologize. I apologize to Fanta fans. <laughs> Fango fans, I'm sorry, I'm not. I, no. But so at the end of the day, it looks the the combined average for each roadshow was three hundred and twenty five hundred, uh, three hundred three hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. That's the word I was going for there. Uh, so it was, you know, Pinocchio was a huge loss. This was worse for the company. Uh, <laughs> so I, I mean, j- just, I mean. I mean, that's the thing is, we we kind of kind of touch on a common theme with all these movies. Are the first three, like how they kind of have to innovate technology, 
Yeah. And that costs. That's not yeah. cheap. And I'm going to tell you right here, right now, before Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and after Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, up until well into the 50s, this studio doesn't make a whole lot of money. I mean, it's Disney, but everything's sort of, all the money goes right back into the studio. So, like, it's making, like, some money, but they're in such debt all the time. And none of the movies are really super, like, financially successful, as successful as Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs for quite a while. <laughs> and, you know, World War II doesn't help. You know, the changing of the guard doesn't help after the um, upcoming uh, there- the animator strike and everything. And then eventually Walt, uh, we'll get there again. Like I said, that's our battle cry. We'll get there. Um, eventually Walt sort of starts losing interest in animation. Like, like, you know, he starts making these live action movies and then he starts focusing on the theme park and stuff. And so you're going to, you're going to, you'll see a change in output. Like some could say, because like, like there was sort of a freedom away from Walt that sort of helped the studio in a way when he started not caring as hard. But, um, they 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 were kind of able to like go, hey, we're going this direction. Yeah, we'll go this direction. It's, you know, he still approved every, you know, it was final approval. But, you know, at a point you also got to sort of maybe take some more shortcuts, cut things that were like, this isn't working, Walt, but Walt really likes it. So we have to keep it in, but it's very hard to work with and it's costing us millions or whatever. Like, you know, you you, you see things. Um, Walt, Walt really likes a net. We need to keep a net in here. Let's feature a net. <laughs> Which, by the way, you're talking about like how they didn't make a lot of money for a lot of years. You could argue their most commercially successful thing for like the next what 15 years was a Mickey yeah. Mouse Club, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the, their TV stuff in general once the 50s hit was absolutely like massive. Zorro. Oh, Zorro. God, Zorro. Zorro is so good. Oh, so, and um, you know, Davy Crockett was a massive thing too. And so, of course, my the one I always make fun of, Spin and Marty. <laughs> yeah, you just I can't I can't say anything without you just throwing shade at Spin and Marty. It's and, so bad. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm sorry. I know we're I know we're talking. We go to this podcast. We talk about like how much you love Disney stuff, and I do. I love Disney animation. But, dude, if you cannot look me in the eye and say Spin of Marty's not trash, I can't take you seriously. Uh, oh, oh, that's right. Uh, there was something I was going to say in terms of production. You're a big Universal Monster fan, right? Yes, sir. Uh, hey, do you know who uh, did the uh, uh, poses, reference poses for the uh, devil in Night on Bald Mountain? Boris Karloff? Bella Lugosi. <laughs> oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So yeah, he was the uh, he was well, the reference model for like the poses and stuff. You can see it once you hear once you once you learn that little factoid. Like you can see like oh yeah, it is it is very Dracula esque, isn't it? Yeah, okay, I didn't know that. But it's also the period where Bella would have pretty much done anything. For yeah, 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 yeah. Nineteen forty, Bella Lugosi is like yeah. Right, how much? Sure. <laughs> you oh, yeah, but Costello are gonna be in it. Cool. Yeah. What year did Abbott and Costello meet Dracula? When would that have come out? I want to say that was uh, 40, no, it might have been the early 40s, 41, 42. Oh, 
also around the same time as this. That's, that's, oh, yeah, all right. But yeah, obviously after the failure, RKO gets the uh, gets the 48. Action. 48. Really? Wow. 48 <laughs> is when Abbott Castell beat Frankenstein came out, which is the one he was in. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's a different podcast. That's <laughs> not a different podcast, but uh, but uh, boy, we could we could easily go. We could easily just spin this off into a history of the Universal <laughs> monster movies, kind of way. And here's the thing about this: like we talk, we know these are Disney themed podcasts, and we love Disney. But JJ and I also love other stuff. Like you'll hear me drop a lot of wrestling things in there, yeah. and you're not going to get it. You might get it. You might not. Yes, we apologize for. Nick's previous earlier Bruiser Brody reference. <laughs> if you ever hear me, if you ever hear me punctuate a sentence with "brother," it's wrestling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a. Uh, but yeah, so eventually back onto track here. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Eventually, uh, the uh, the RKO gets the actual like film rights, the distribution. Like, it's got to go into a general release now. Like, we, the money needs to be made off of this movie. And, um... Obviously, RKO is like, yeah, we cut... <laughs> and, um... Uh, you know, chop it up and make it more palatable to the crowd and cut out a segment or something. Well, I mean... But, it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, like their audience is kids, you know, that, or at least from RKO's perspective, yeah. your audience, your audience is children. So you're like, hey, you're gonna listen to classical music for two hours, despite Walt. <laughs> no matter what, no matter every movie he ever made, Walt was like, it is not a kids movie; it is a family movie. It's just like Disneyland; it's not for kids; it is for families. It is designed. And, and it, or every, it's like they're, they're, he doesn't like you know. That's why nothing's really particularly sanitized. You know, despite future Disney stuff um, being sort of a little more squeaky clean, um, you know, Disney stuff was designed to be like for adults to enjoy it. Not like some movies now where it's like, it's not designed for adults to enjoy it. We just put in some things that adults will get, <laughs> you know, like you get, get a lot of that stuff. So like, uh, so when it was, uh, when it was re-released, it was like a, Say RKO cut it down to like an hour and a half or hour forty, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like, like the original, like because Walt refused to be involved in the editing process in any way, shape, or form. Like, it was I can't, just, I can't blame him. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, no, I, I can't do this. I, I just can't. So they had like the musical editor cut it down, and so it was like, like yeah, it, it varied. I think like the first cut was like, uh like the first original cut was like a little over an hour and a half long. Um, and like, then they like, you removed um, Deems Taylor's stuff and Takata and Fugue. And it was ended up being like under an hour and a half. <laughs> um, I, I, I remember reading something years ago, but like, and even though this movie was, was only like 15 years old, like I guess in the 1950s, like the sound or uh, the negative, the sound negatives started to uh, deteriorate. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, there, there was there's was movie re- stuff was 
not particularly great in terms of trying to save and you know keeping movies you know protected and stuff like there wasn't a whole lot going on at all period so <laughs> don't know if you can hear my dogs barking in the background but there they are um like Hi, in, 1940, in 1942 when they re-released it it was in mono <laughs> oh gosh so and it was like uh like a so according to uh According to uh, this particular article, um, it uh, it was uh, phew, it was a double bill with Valley of the Sun. So, <laughs> hey, you have you're, I don't know. I mean, you're you could take the week off from work. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, but you know, this is the hour and a half version of Fantasia. Oh Valley yeah, so you know. Most year, yeah, half a week at least. Um, but you know, this well, is 1942, so you know we're still got some stuff going on there. Well, uh, and also and keep in mind the 50s. You know, I, I, RK was pretty much done by then, right? Oh yeah, as, yeah, yeah. And uh, so maybe, and, and they're probably preserving that stuff wasn't a high priority for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The 50, like the 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 yeah, 55 is when everything started. Um, uh, when the original stuff started to deteriorate. Um, so they were able to use the only Fantasound system they had left to sort of create a nice transfer. Um, and so that version is the version that was released in theaters in 56, was the new sort of remastered edition, <laughs> so to speak, of Fantasia. And, and like they were doing a lot of stuff, like you know, Buena Vista distribution is around by this point, right? Um, you know, you're doing new sort of CinemaScope and stuff formats and SuperScope and all. Like you know, Fantasia gets probably some of more re-releases than a lot of the others because the re-release breakdown is 42, 46, 56, 63, 69. 77, 82, 85, and 1990. And the 1990 is when I first saw it. And 1990 would have been when I first saw it, too. Because yeah. last time it was, like, in theaters. So, um, it's kind of shocking. Like, there was a stretch where Disney was starting to put stuff, and they were starting to do, like, we're going to start putting out our stuff remastered in 3D, if you remember. Yes. Um, there was, yes, there was like, they were going to do, like, Little Mermaid and uh, Beauty and the Beast and things. We're gonna get like three, like this movie in a 3D remake would have been wild. <laughs> you know, it, it, this would have been this would make like a great. I think it's somehow like uh, adopt this like VR headset. Can you imagine watching this thing? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they we'll get to it in a second, but like you know, there there was a three uh, Xbox game, a Connect game, yeah. Uh. Uh, which one of us owns? I, I know it ain't me. Owned, owned, past tense. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like it, it, it had its varying deals of success. You know, college kids taking drugs and going to go see <laughs> the, you know, the, you know, eighties or nineties re-release of <laughs> Fantasia was a thing, obviously. Yeah. I can I can imagine like you know 
if you're if you're tripping and watching this movie, you probably uh... the fight that final re release the, the the 1990 re release made 25 million dollars in its run. So oh, I can believe there's it. A, there's a story. There's a story where um, uh, Michael Eisner uh, called um, Walt's wife at one point. Uh, because of like the re-releases and the home video releases and stuff, he got the caller and say, "I just wanted you to know that Fantasia has finally turned a profit." So well, that's uh, kind of cool. So yeah, because it was it was like a very personal passion project for Walt. It meant this movie meant a lot to him, and so you know it, he never got to see it become successful in his lifetime. Um. But, you know, eventually it did. And it was it was cool. Like, it was cool. Like, you know, say what you want. Like, Eisner did a lot of garbage for the studio, but he also did a lot of, you know, <laughs> he did some good stuff, too. And that's one of the nicer stories coming from and, Eisner. And, and you get to, and you probably get the sense from from Walt's perspective that he knew this movie was going to make good eventually. Yeah. And I think, I, I feel like for him personally, he sort of knew that all along for everything. Like even the things that don't make, like it's depressing in the moment because you want to make something else, but you can't get the money to make something else. So you have to make concessions and stuff. So it's depressing in the time, but like, you know, eventually by the time the fifties roll around, he's, he's able to sort of cash in on his classics essentially. And Uh, and himself. Yeah. Himself himself. as a person as America's granddad. Yeah. Yeah. It was America's uncle, Walt Disney you know, weekly, you know, programming on TV and Disneyland, like out the gate was like this cultural icon, like, (laughs) and you know, Disneyland, he's able to sell, you know, his history as, as a, as a commodity now, like it may not have made money then, but people want to give me money to ride the theme park version of this movie that I made, you know, like it's, you know, he commodified everything and it, it you know, obviously uh, <laughs> based on everything that today paid off and, you know, just buckets of money for him in the end. But, you know, he they never, own everything now. <laughs> yeah. They, they own everything that you could possibly ever want. And all the stuff I like anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but, um, you know, it was, uh, it was, in. Yeah, the, the VHS tape was a big seller. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's that, that, the, that sweet blue sh- blue clamshell packaging. Yeah, man, it was a because uh, and and it was like and there was like a deluxe edition, like before DVDs had like you know like you're used to now like yeah get like on during the first printing it comes with a you know pre order bonus of a lithograph and a you know behind the scenes DVD and stuff and like they did like a deluxe edition of this where it was like you got a making of Fantasia documentary and a book and a soundtrack and like a certificate of authenticity signed by Walt's nephew Roy and stuff like correct me if I correct me if I'm wrong was this a double VHS uh I, I I think only in the sense if you got the collector's edition of okay that's what that's what one we had so I don't know if it was yeah. like oh it's just a it's like yeah the collector's edition the deluxe edition was had the, a, a separate making of feature that wasn't all oh uh, okay I thought I thought it was like a WrestleMania four situation but yeah. okay <laughs> just uh, 
uh, Fantasia was an absolute massive hit. Like 14.2 million copies of the tape were sold, like in its initial sell through. So, like, and and of course the the, the soundtrack, which is arguably the the most important part of the movie, I guess. Yeah, yeah, uh, obviously. It's, it's gone gold. Uh, yeah. Gave a couple times. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> eventually. It eventually went gold. Uh, but there, yeah. was, there was some kind of issue with the royalties, right, for the soundtrack? There's always issues <laughs> with okay. royalties because uh, the orchestra, um, uh, they, they, they feel they got boned out of the like home video sales in particular. Uh, I get to uh, yeah, uh, and you know this was in ninety two, ninety two. Yeah, um, yeah. They sued the company. They 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 were they claimed themselves as co creator of Fantasia, which <laughs> you co created the sound. <laughs> yeah. Fantasia. I mean, uh, but, you're, but you're also like just like, just performing somebody else's music that they've yeah. written. written but, but because home video at the time was sort of a, I mean, by 1992, home video was still kind of you know fresh for people. Like, um, it's 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 the same thing that sort of happens. Like, it's happening now. You see a lot of issues arising now because digital stuff is completely new. Or as we were talking about earlier, wrestling stuff is completely different. It's like, how do royalties work? Because there is no precedent. So, right. yeah. so you know, they, they, they were saying like, you know, we're owed $120 million based off of like half of the earnings that these tapes are making. And I'm like, that's a bold claim. But, you know, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> like, I mean, you, I understand. You, uh, you probably do deserve more money based on that's your performance on this thing that sold, you know, you know, 20 million copies on tape and laser disc, not half of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hey, you know, you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing that happens with every Disney lawsuit is it, it went to, um, it, it, it went to, uh, uh, a settlement. Just, right. They dropped the case a couple years later and it went to settlement. So, and, and there was um, there there was some issues with right of spring saying like you guys aren't don't have the rights to to use it in the video releases because you know it's a Stravinsky thing and it can only like and it was that the rights were for the theatrical runs and stuff. But um, yeah, again, it was all you know, uncharted waters that they're dealing in. And eventually it was like, yeah, th- th- it, it extends to home video releases. So, it's uh, like, so, Hey, if we cut you a check for a portion of what you're asking, will yeah. you go away? <laughs> um, yeah. The 60s, like, you know, obviously uh, in the sixties, they started removing some of the uh, stuff from the pastoral <laughs> symphony. Mm. <laughs> As we mentioned earlier, there were some. Issues. I wrote down. Uh, I, I, I wrote down uh, Roger Ebert's uh, comment on the editing because I thought it was kind of interesting. It's because it's it's yeah. 
while the original film should, of course, be preserved for its historical purpose, there is no need for the general release version to perpetrate racist stereotypes in a film designed primarily for children. Um, so, uh, d- d- so, you know, Roger Ebert's sort of touching on a very delicate situation, like, like what, what should, what are you obligated to do? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it's kind of that one of those things where, you know, kind of back to the song of the South, I've heard it argued that there should be some kind of disclaimer. They should be released, but with some kind of disclaimer at the beginning of it. Yeah. And um, it's like, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, can, I, yeah, I understand. It's, you know, going to, for a touchstone for me and you, it's like when you boot up the WWE network and it is a thing that might have Chris Benoit on the yeah uh, they have a little disclaimer saying hey you might find some of this upsetting given uh the history of what chris benoit did just letting you know that he's in this kind of situation <laughs> like they don't say it in not many words but i mean that's the gist of it like listen this 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 murderer dude's in here and you know some people might be upset by this so it's, it's you know chill out uh, maybe uh, it just don't play, don't hit play, or you know, just just yeah. be prepared. And like, th- does does Fantasia need that for these thirty some odd you know scenes uh, or you know segments or seconds of you know the really racist centaurette in particular? Well, I, I, I mean, here's the thing: you got to you kind of get into a gray area because we're doing yeah. Dumbo, we're doing Dumbo next, right? Oh yeah. And that's not been changed in any way, right? Yeah, they, they never. Well, I don't know. I haven't done the research on re-releases of Dumbo yet, but um, I mean, I, I know, I know. Like, I think MGM just went back and, like, uh, in the last ten years, like, went back and re-edited the Tom and Jerry shorts. Yeah, with, with the nanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah, so yeah, it's Disney when Disney tries to like. Home video in particular, they, they sort of present their stuff as sort of archival and always have, like, especially on like TV. Like, here it is. You like it it's, or you don't, I guess. Yeah. And, well, and, it, and it's funny because, like, you know, Disney has this history of all this stuff. And it's like, you know, you in, in this country, you cannot get um, Song of the South, obviously. Um, yep. I've never seen it. I don't own a copy of it. <laughs> But like, um, it was available on VHS. You could have seen it at some point. <laughs> Again, didn't buy it from a comic convention. <laughs> but uh, but like you know, some like is is it like is length the issue? Like the length of time the racism occurs? Like because like okay, it's still like, it's still racist. Still racist, like, and Disney will not re-release it. Period. But like, they will have no problem like cashing in on it because Splash Mountain and Brer Bear and Brer Rabbit, Zippity Doodahs, President. Yeah, yeah. they have no problem cashing in on it. But they and and, like releasing the soundtrack. Like, I growing up, I had like, like a book on tape. Like you know those Disney, they used to do a storybook version. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They had this. They did have like the Zippity Doodah, like. Uncle Remus singing the song, like the original, like 
and so it's going to be a thing that we, we're going to constantly butt up against going you know, like for the next you know decade in particular of just like what like Disney fighting this racism stuff like it, it's 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 so ingrained into the um, culture at the time. <laughs> And and, let, and and let's be fair. I mean, Walt. Yeah. Keep in mind where Walt grew up in the era he grew up. Yeah. And stuff he thought what well, it might have been funny. Yeah. You know. It was yeah. It was funny. It was joking. It wasn't like there was no like malice. Just, there was yeah. There was no malice. Like intent was you know. I mean like it, there was no discrimination in the sense of like it, 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 it's like. No, you could, it, argue, it, you could argue that Disneyland in its earlier days were like more was more like actionable racist because like black people weren't allowed to work at Disneyland. Oh, <laughs> oh hey, that's a new one for me. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because if you think about, in particular, like Main Street. Because it is supposed to take place at a certain time, like Fantasyland and Main Street, Main Street are a certain time, and so like he was trying to maintain this aesthetic of a time frame, and yeah. it like it's it's real bad. Like that's the I think that's that's like the actionably racist. That's like that's him like actively like preventing worker workmen workers and stuff. Like that one was. That's like more. That's the most racist of everything, other than these weird caricatures that were just sort of like this commonplace. Like everyone was a caricature, no matter what. It's cruel, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, just yeah. because it, it's Terrible. acceptable at the time doesn't mean it's yeah. you know. Yeah, and, again, you, have, and, you know, JJ and I are two white dudes in their in their thirties. Yeah, so it could, you know, we're not we're not like racial experts or anything like yeah, that. Or, yeah. but, like, yeah, wrong is wrong. Yeah, like we recognize in instantly. It's just you know, it's it's never been it's it's never been something we've had to personally deal with. So we have really no way of understanding like how this actually feels. Seeing that centaurette in the background, or these mushrooms dancing around, or these you know, or these crows in an upcoming movie. Yeah, like. Um, like like we will ne- we will never have and never will have that sort of emotional response to it other than that like oh god really yeah <laughs> at, 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 you know we, it makes us uncomfortable yeah <laughs> you know it's but yeah. it's just one of those things where like we we don't know yeah. we 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 don't know how it feels we but we recognize it's a problem yeah absolutely um so I guess we could talk a little bit because this again this is going to be one of the longer episodes because there's a lot of history behind, um, like like obviously Snow White this one and like Changing of the Guard um, movies are going to be a big big ones because of like you know eventually you're going to have Walt's death in um, late sixties early seventies like that transition period like because Jungle Book will be the last movie that Walt personally like had his hands on. Um, and then you're going to have like the 80, 90 revival. And so, you know, those are going to be some of the longer episodes, but, um, but let's just, uh, like, 
some of the other uh, material that they were working with that they were going to add, like, you know, remove and add to uh, um, Fantasia. Uh, Ride of the Valkyries. You mean Daniel Bryan's theme song? Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, Flight of the Bumblebee. Okay. Uh, like uh, the swan of, I don't know how to pronounce uh, Twinella. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't know some of these like invitation to the dance. I recognize the polka and fugue by Schwanda, the bagpiper. All right. Sure. That's, that's crazy. But, that's, but like, you know, they were going to, uh, uh, Don Quixote <laughs> was going to be, it's like, that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. The firebird eventually, we see the Firebird show up at a point. Um, I'm surprised they didn't kind of do a, a hoedown. What was that? I'm surprised hoedown wasn't in there. Yeah. Yeah. You would think. But... Uh, th- Aaron, Cop- Aaron Copeland, folks. That's the composer for hoedown. Yeah. But, like, you know, they, they, they were constant, obviously... With the some of these get you see show up uh, show up uh, show up in uh, like Fantasia two thousand you see Firebird um, Rhapsody in Blue Rhapsody in Blue you're gonna see um, uh, Flight of the Bumblebee eventually shows up in one form in an upcoming movie that we're gonna do real soon called Melody Time um, and, you- and 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 they ended up doing other stuff like there's uh, Make My Music has version there's actually a segment that is fully produced on the Fantasia 2000 um uh uh, uh blu-ray called Destino okay Des- and, Destino and so <laughs> and so Destino was like this musical collaboration between um Walt Disney and Salvador Dali um holy smokes yeah and it's it's what you expect when you hear that. Um, it never came out during its time, but it was like a thing that they were constantly working on. And you can find it on Fantasia 2000 if you have the Blu-ray of it. Or maybe the DVD as well. I couldn't be certain, but definitely the Blu-ray. It's, um, it's, it's a story of a bunch of melted clocks. <laughs> not, honestly, not too far removed from <laughs> what, what we're saying. So... Let's uh, let's get down to our uh, sort of is there section. So we've already answered this one. Most of these sequel. Fantasia two thousand. Fantasia two thousand and nineteen. Uh, like like it was like ninety nine. <laughs> I think it, I don't think it actually came out in two thousand. Maybe it did. I, I can't remember. I don't remember. All I remember it was hosted by Steve Martin. <laughs> Steve Martin was a <laughs> part of that whole thing. Like that happened. And and uh, who else? Eitzak uh, uh, Perlman? He's in it? James Earl Jones, Penn and Teller, Bette Midler. <laughs> That's right. Bette Midler was in this. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, so, yeah. I, and, I mean, <laughs> there there is some, uh, you know, there, there is some other like little things that, that they're sort of like technically these could have been uh, like considered like spiritual sequels, but they really aren't like make my music and stuff end up uh, melody time and stuff, but they're not 
sequels. They're just in the same vein of like silly symphony compilations and stuff. Well, um, I mean, the hippos, the hippos, and the and the, uh, and the Crocs or Gators, where they were. The first yeah. time I saw that back in the eighties, the Disney Channel when it was still a premium channel, <laughs> used to have these little like music videos set to contemporary music. And yeah. by contemporary, I mean Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was the first time I saw those. I was like, oh, hey, what is this? What? Uh, the hippos appear in Roger Rabbit. They do indeed. There was going to be a third um, Fantasia in the mid-thousands, mid-aughts. <laughs> Fantasia 3000. Yeah, there was going to be like Fantasia 2006, which is an absolutely terrible name. <laughs> so like, well, get, try to get out in 2005 at least. Try to. <laughs> I mean, okay, so let's, uh, we're coming up on the 80th anniversary in, two, in about two, two years. Yes. So you figure that would be a good time to like. I think it would be. I think we're at a point now with that anniversary is maybe try a roadshow again since roadshow movies are kind of a thing like limited run like you know we're we're playing this we're playing this movie with a live orchestra with Back to the Future with a live orchestra. Yeah. That'd be pretty awesome. Like, my God, there's there are Legend of Zelda concerts, people. Yeah, like I think it would be interesting to like do the roadshow thing, legit, like a full. I would. Uh, yeah, if, like if, if, if I know you would go to one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you would. <laughs> you would sell plasma. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it's funny because I, I, like there is like there's a, a like. Jerry Bruckheimer made a Sorcerer's Apprentice movie, and no, he didn't. And like, like, no, nope, no, nope. <laughs> that's like, that's a, that's like, the legacy of this. Like, yeah, no, Disney absolutely was like, <laughs> like involved in a live action adaption of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. I'm like, yeah, I guess. Technically. I forgot about that movie till you mentioned it. I think Sorry. maybe I just blocked that part of my <laughs> memory off. Um, so, uh, this one's tricky because it's one of those things like, uh, is there a, uh, a theme park ride, a theme park attraction for Fantasia? I mean, are you counting Fantasmic? I I would, I think, because it's such a big part and like, you have to have a, you you can get a fast pass for it. So I think, (laughs) I think Fantasmic counts. Okay. And, like, you know, there's things like um, sorcerer's hats pop up everywhere. You buy them. It used to be it used to be a sorcerer's hat on, like, you know, Epcot or downtown Disney. There was one that led you to the hotel where, like, the sorcerer hat was just sort of, like, this iconic thing. Um, there used to be a – when we had a Disney store here before they, they, they left, uh, we had, there was a ceramic – uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey and the Window. Those little, yeah. those, those really sweet looking ceramic giant yeah. sculptures they had. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Disney has it's, Fantasia has a rather specifically Sorcerer's Apprentice has a rather substantial uh, presence in the uh, theme park, and, and I, Disney World has a uh, little three D film called Mickey's Philhar Magic, which is. 
it has like Donald Duck putting on the uh, sorcerer's hat and being sucked into different musical songs from distant, different Disney movies like the Lion King and little mermaid and stuff. So um, uh, it, it, it's paying homage to sorcerer's apprentice. So there's, there's a lot of theme park stuff going on there. Um, I, I was going to, the next question is usually like, is there a, uh, you know, is there a hit song? And obviously that doesn't really apply too much here because yes, <laughs> the entire soundtrack is hit music from, you know, decades past. <laughs> All of it. All yeah. of it was. The soundtrack was big to then and now. The soundtrack will always be big. It predates Disney. <laughs> Many of the songs predate Walt Disney as a you know, human being on this planet. So <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it had some big. It had some big music. It's all culture is culturally significant music. I, but, I remember. I remember reading somewhere, uh, or not. Yeah, it was, it was like a big thing about three or four years ago that they were going to make a Night on Bald Mountain movie, or there was production or or some rumors there, about it. There was a there there. Yes, a couple of years ago, there was absolutely a like treatment, like a script treatment released not released to like the public, but to Disney for a night on bald mountain um, live action thing. I have no idea what that movie is. I, like I know what it is in context of this movie, but like what's a full length movie of that? I don't know. <laughs> I'd still go see it. Uh, yes, absolutely. Just based on title alone. I'd be like, yeah, all right. No, I don't bald mountain. Uh, and, of, and of course, last but not least, is there a video game? There are, there, there are multiple video games. There are plenty of video games and Fantasia and Fantasia adjacent video games. Uh, uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice for the Atari 2600. Yep. There's Sorcerer's Apprentice for Atari 2600. There was a video game called Fantasia for the Sega Genesis or Master System, depending on what part of the world you're in. Mega Drive. <laughs> Mega, Mega, Master System is the original. Mega Drive is the, yeah. You caught me. You caught me on that one. He's like, a you know, video game journalist, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and of course, constant appearances in so many things, like Epic Mickey and obviously Kingdom Hearts has quite a bit of it. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. yeah. What, what was that? I said Yinston's in Kingdom Hearts, right? Yeah, it, it like uh, it, like a boss fight is uh, a Chernabog, so the, the, you know, night on Bald Mountain Devil. So, <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's a substantial amount of um, Fantasia in this, and then we talked about it earlier. There's Fantasia Music Evolved, which was a rhythm game using the Kinect uh, for both the 360 and the Xbox One, and it was Harmonics, who, uh, if you know anything about video games. Uh, well known for rhythm games like Rock Band and the original uh, Guitar Hero, and um, it had a and good it, soundtrack too, right? Yeah, it had a fantastic soundtrack. It, it, they it went it tried to do it, it blended um, contemporary with uh, like some songs were contemporary, some songs were classical pieces, and it was just sort of a mixture of everything. So it's like it has like you know Sorcerer's Apprentice and Queen, so. <laughs> So and, and Bruno Mars, I think. I yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's Cover a like, churches and uh, uh, a lot of just like a lot of big contemporary uh, 
and, and it even had expansion packs. So like, like I remember Lady Gaga was in it. And, uh, Depeche Mode was in it. I, I was, uh, so, and, then, and uh, the one that made right. me laugh the most of all is that it has uh, the uh, CeeLo Green song, but it was the Forget You version. So. <laughs> 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 You know, uh, and then I think wasn't there like a wasn't there a Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey figure for uh, Infinity? Yes, yes, there was a couple. They did like your standard one, and then like Toys R Us had like a crystal clear version of it, which, as you would expect, yes, I have. <laughs> I have the Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey Mouse. You could probably go to a Target in this country somewhere and find Disney Infinity figures still. Yeah. It's tucked between the multiple unsold Star Wars Disney Infinities. Is going to be. Uh, you buy a carton of Donald Duck orange juice to this day, it still has an ad for Disney Infinity. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> so, uh, oh, Donald Duck orange juice. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's, this, is, I'm, I'm, this is like it's another sidetrack, but my God, that stuff has magical healing properties. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, it is. It's like how, it, it's comfort food in drink form. It's great. I can't get enough of it. Not, <laughs> it's not exactly it's like common here, but I know exactly where it is. And when I go to where it is, I always <laughs> like like you have the flu. Not anymore. Donald Duck orange juice. <laughs> yes, I, yeah. It's it's the greatest. And it, it, let's try to get them as a sponsor. That's our only sponsor is Donald Duck orange juice. <laughs> Look. <laughs> it, is a, it is the finest of all orange juices, Donald Duck orange juice. <laughs> but I mean, boy, there, there's so much to Fantasia that we could touch down on that we didn't in terms of production and like how like animators and segments and like like there's history that goes on so deep and hard into this one, but like you can only scratch the surface like you know, you have to sort of like audio format doesn't really work particularly well with Fantasia in the sense of like a documentary is more. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I mean, yeah. it, it's, a, it's an ambitious project or it was. Yeah. And it still is. You know, I would say like, even today uh, yeah. you, you would, you would be run out of Disney studios personally. If you tried to represent, tried to say, we should do Fantasia again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, especially if you have a problematic Twitter feed, I guess. Uh, uh, what? But I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, uh, a standalone Zuckus movie, great idea. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's there's so much. I, we're going to do a ranking right now because so we've seen we'll just start at the bottom. The first movie we saw was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Right. Better or worse than Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Better. Better. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so the next movie would have been um, Pinocchio. Better or worse than Pinocchio? Better. Better than Pinocchio? Well, as I already stated right out the gate, uh, I will not waver particularly hard on uh, this of Fantasia is absolutely my favorite Disney movie based on ambition and animation and 
music and visually how like how it all came together it is it's long there's no getting around that but it's stunning i, I feel and, like if you're a disney nerd this is kind of your deal yeah it, it, once and, and because it's, it was so personal to walt sort of helps it along too um so like i, I absolutely absolutely love fantasia so I think right now our official current ranking is Fantasia Pinocchio. So go in reverse order of how we've watched these so far. Exactly. I mean, so. the, the, the Snow White's going to drop down quite a bit here here pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to drop significantly for me. But um, yeah. now uh, I think you and I were talking about a week or two ago about is, is Fantasia available digitally or not? It is not. Uh, I, I, it, it was one of those things where it is a movie that was released when it came out on Blu-ray. Disney wasn't doing the digital copies as freely at the time. so it, they, And they've just yet to put it out <laughs> on, a for, on a platform where you can get it digitally. So as it is right now, it's kind of out of print, right? It's like, well, not kind of. It's out of print right now. But... It's not hard to get a copy of Fantasia. There's the DVD. Uh, they they put out plenty of the DVD and they put it out as an anthology set with both Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 and the making of disc and stuff. And the Blu-ray is the same thing. It's both both movies on DVD and Blu-ray with all loads of making of behind the scenes, like Destino uh, stuff like that. So. I would you say Destino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, you say Destino. I, I know. I know. I know. That's another. I'm a jerk. Another, I'm sorry. It's another wrestling thing, folks. Let's. <laughs> it, it's maybe the best wrestling thing. Yes. Um. So, like, you know, I think, like, you know, last week we were talking, like, hey, go watch this movie. So, when I watched this movie yesterday, I just said, I'm going to watch it with headphones in. And oh, man, boy. is that a great way to watch that movie? It, it changes a lot. Like, I when I had just watched it uh, i watched it again yesterday but like i watched it last month um because i was like oh it's been forever since i've seen uh, and th- and this is when this podcast idea was officially like just the, like i'm doing this now I, it's like i just came back from walt disney world for the first time and it's like it was like you know what i'm gonna do this i'm gonna watch fantasia like after fantasia it was like yep no i'm definitely doing this now and so I have like a really nice pair of uh, like simulated surround sound headphones that I put on to listen to the music on there. And it just absolutely engrosses you. Like it is like it sinks, it sucks you into the movie when you're watching it that way. Yeah. You're, it's like I'm watching And thankfully I still have a PC laying around with a disc drive on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, it's, when you look at this movie and like Disney uses the term masterpiece kind of loose loosely. Yeah. That was it, it, this that was this like, is. This is yeah. this is, you know, if you think of a Disney masterpiece, yeah. this is that movie. Yeah, this is this is probably for quite a while like their most like um theatrical movie. Like <laughs> like it's you know, it is what it is beyond feature length. Like even at the time in the you know 30s and 40s two hours movies over two hours were you know 
they existed. Big movies existed that way, but like, but like John so, Ford movies. Yeah. Yeah. Even so, like two and a half hours was a big movie. Bad. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, when I, I'll admit when I was a kid and I saw it, you know, I was 10 years old in 1990 when it was released. And I was like, Oh my God, this movie's so long. Yeah. You know, it, but it flows really well. I think this is also a movie given the way it's set up and everything. Like me, don't have to watch it as a movie. You can like, I want, I just want to no. watch. Yeah. You just want to watch the pastoral. You can just watch the pastoral and that's fine. You're not missing out on anything. You just watch the segment. Mm-hmm. That you like. And, and that, yeah. That's what I was going to talk about. Yeah. That, that's why I love it so much. Cause you can watch it piecemeal. Yeah, like and, I don't yeah. have to sit through all of that. If I just yeah. want to watch the hippos, I can watch the hippos. I mean, just yeah. want to watch the, you know. Yeah, you just want to watch Night on Bald Mountain. You can just, especially thanks to, you know, you know DVD format going forward, you could actually just actually skip to it now. So, you know, it's, it's I it's I think of all of the movies, it, it's Fantasia's like the one to own, like on home video. I feel like if you have a nice, if you have a nice uh, surround sound in your home yeah. and a big TV, this is the one you want to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, so that puts Fan- uh, Fantasia into the can uh, for now. Who knows? Into the Maybe. Disney vault. In, in, in yes, into the a Disney compendium vault it goes. Um, with with Black will- Hawk. We will obviously come back to Fantasia in several weeks because there is a sequel, an actual mainline sequel. So we will be covering Fantasia 2000. Um, so we will be talking about Sorcerer's Apprentice again. <laughs> so uh, that look forward to that. That'll be exciting. Uh, next week, we will be uh, jumping forward to October 23rd. 1941 with the release of Dumbo. And this has a special significance because we we just got the live action teaser for that recently. Just very recently, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Tim Burton. Uh, is, um, so, there's some fresh interest in Dumbo. So, uh, very, uh, very exciting. This is absolutely a movie that I have not seen since they put out the 60th anniversary DVD. So I think uh, it's the first Disney animated Blu-ray I bought was Dumbo actually. Yeah. It's a, um, so yeah. So, and if that tells you, let's, so yeah, let's see. 1941 is when it came out. And the last time I saw it was the 60th (laughs) anniversary. So, So yeah. So it's been a while. So very excited to watch Dumbo again. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I am 100% certain there are parts of that movie I have absolutely forgotten about. Um, and this is this will become a significant movie. Some of the talking points we'll have for the uh, for this movie are obviously uh, World War II and the um, Disney strike is uh, a big po- uh, point in for the uh, production of Dumbo. So. And how much the pink elephant segment scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. Yes. How it's, uh, race is going to obviously be a uh, <laughs> touched on again. Because yeah, we'll touch on it. it. It again, it's one of those things we can kind of come at it from our perspective, but it's you know. Yeah, 
it's but uh, you know it it, it's, it has one of the more uh, egregious <laughs> segments. But, yeah, and it also maybe how Timothy is the I don't either the rich man or the poor man's Jiminy Cricket, depending on your perspective. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah yeah. But these are all of the talking points we'll have for the uh, next week's episode of Dumbo. You can find uh, us at uh, Diz Compendium on Twitter, uh, the website, which will take you straight to the podcast is DisneyCompendium.com. Everything's been submitted. It should be showing up on iTunes and hopefully Stitcher soon. Uh, you know how this stuff works. So if it's not there by next week, it'll be there the week after that. So... <laughs> Assuming, assuming Disney, uh, Disney's not notoriously litigious, so we should be all right. <laughs> this, this is where JJ gives out his SoundCloud URL. <laughs> Full man. Yeah. hot new joint drum. So yeah, so please join us next week as we talk about uh, Dumbo, and uh, thank you for joining us, and have a magical day. Bye.